VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts, an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's going on, everybody? It's me, Middlecoff, also known as John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, little NFL Combine edition. Combine. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon. Ended a little bit earlier today. It's all wrapped up. Just one of the all-time unique combines, and I'll dive into why. But my my main thought is I'm going to dive into a conversation that often happens, especially on social media with anyone that loves talking about the draft. And I think sometimes we miss the point of what the the exercise, not the actual exercises, but everything that just happened over the weekend. Uh, also going to hit on Kyler Murray, the, the talk of the league, and why I think some of the teams that are he's being rumored to are not ideal fits. The big winner of this weekend, Adam Silver made some comments about millennials and they're so angry at uh, the Sloan Conference in Boston. I thought the NFL had a fantastic weekend, and I'll dive in why. Antonio Brown, one of the truly great receivers we've seen in recent memory on one on a historic six-year stretch, is on an incredible scorched earth campaign right now of Ben, of just any human that gets in his way. I'm actually coming around on him, but uh, we'll dive into some of that too. Also, we'll end with the Middlecoff mailbag, easiest way to get a hold of me, social media, Follow me at John Middlecoff, Twitter, uh, Instagram is where I answer the questions for this show. You'd slide up in those DMs. Also doing a YouTube page, John Middlecoff. I go live every day on, on Periscope. I'm also simulcasting it on, on YouTube. So if you, if you want my takes, they, they flow on the internet. But I'm going to start with this. And I think we we struggle with this element of the Combine. The NFL Combine does not determine whether you're going to be a good or bad player in the NFL. 
It just determines where you're going to go in the draft or helps determine that. And I I think if you looked at it like this, if there was an $800,000 home and you only had to pay $800,000 to acquire that home, you would not pay a million dollars for that home just because you really liked it. And the draft works the same way. If you don't, if you're drafting 12th and you love a player and you know that you can get that player at 26, you are moronic if you don't trade back, not even to 26, but into the early 20s and draft that player. Because if you don't, you're just wasting draft capital. Just like a lot of people, again, you can really love a player or love an asset in anything in life. And a lot of people listen to this work in various businesses. You can be head over heels for a business if you're in business acquisition or for some merger or whatever you're doing. You have to have an economical understanding of what that costs. Even if you have to quote unquote overpay a little, you never want to overextend yourself too much. And I I tweeted something earlier today. The moment Greedy Williams, when I woke up, it it happened, or I guess it happened like 7 a.m., 10 a.m. Eastern. Greedy Williams ran a 4.38. He measured in at six foot two. He's a two-year starter at LSU. And he's, you know, DBU. He is going to be a top 10 player. Now, does that mean he's going to be a great NFL player or that Byron Murphy at Washington's not a better player long-term? No. But I do know this. If I want Greedy Williams, or I, if I want Greedy Williams, I got to draft him high because he's not going to last on the board. The other guy ran a four-five-five and had really short arms. His value, you might be able, to, you should be able to get him in the late twenties. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a ten-year borderline Pro Bowl player. But if you were to draft and you like, oh, Byron Murphy, cor- uh, corner one, and let's say you're drafting twelve, you're a moron if you draft him there if you can get him at twenty-eight. Just like my home analogy. You are insane if a home is $500,000. You don't hand the guy a million dollar check. Now, if you love the home, maybe you're like, oh, there's some comp- competition for the home. Maybe I'll pay six hundred grand. And we see it all the time. And it's the big reason the Howie Rosemans, the Bill Belichicks are running circles around the meathead guy. I want this player. Just draft him wherever. Draft picks are capital. And that capital turns into money. So you better be very, very careful and have a great understanding of what guys' values are. Some My favorite player in this draft might be Nikhil Harry. He's, he's my favorite player in the draft. He's not the best player. And if I was drafting 15, I would not take him 15. Because at the end of the day, he's probably going to go to the late 20s, early 30s. Another one of my favorite. I love Devin Bush. Devin Bush is probably going to go somewhere between... 12 to 20. So if I'm drafting four, if I'm John Gruden, I'm a moron if I take Devin Bush there. Not because he's not going to be a good player, because I just wasted a ton of value. I could trade back and get the same thing. That's what Bill Belichick has been doing forever. He knows value. And he's even unique because he can coach guys that he values more than others. I had a front row seat. How he knows this like the back of his hand. Knowing where players are going to go in the draft is a huge element of the draft. Like, not drafting Devontae Adams with their first round pick several years ago and taking him in the second round is good business. Devontae Adams is a top 10 wide receiver now. Should they have taken him in the first round looking back? No! Because they didn't need to. 
I use the analogy if Chris Ballard was sitting right next to me and I go, Chris, there's a decent chance he may go. John, Darius Leonard, the linebacker they took in the second round, was my favorite player in the last year's draft. But I would have been a moron if I draft. I liked him more than Quentin Nelson. But wouldn't he have been an idiot if he took him six overall? The moment Quentin Nelson worked out and lifted in the tape, it was clear he was going to go really high. So instead of taking Darius Leonard, number six, you wait till the second round because that's where he's going to go. And I, I get in all these arguments. This guy's not that good at times. Yeah, it's clear they, they don't just do the combine for shits and giggles. The times matter. Heights, weights, speeds matter. It's just a fact. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying I always agree with it, but there's a reason they do it. There's a reason they've been doing it forever and will continue to do it. So what it helps determine is how and where you have to pick a guy to acquire him. And because this is not fantasy football, but real football with real dollars and real draft picks, it does matter where a guy's value falls and doesn't fall. This is an economic exercise. That's what the draft is. It just happens to be with humans. But you better know, and and I'm not saying that we all know after the combine exactly where and when a guy's going to go, but you start to get a much clearer picture. Like, I I can give you eight names off the top of my head that are going to go in the top 15. We have an idea. So if you want to get Rashawn Gary, who I'm not necessarily in love with, it can't be argued that he's going to go in the top seven or eight picks. So if you want him, you better get in there. If you don't, then don't take him. You know, or trade back or whatever. But you you're not you can't be like, I think I can get this guy. I wouldn't take him uh, with anything before the 18th pick. Then you won't get him. So understanding the value is, I'd say, 90% of the game. Because we've all watched the film. Especially the league. That you, you know when a guy can play or not. Now, once you get past like the first round, it gets more difficult. But that's another element of this combine. The best players... From Rashawn Gary, and I mean Bosa's, the Josh Allens, Devin Bush, Devin White, Nikhil Harry, who's, again, he's not quite on their, on their level, went to the Combine, Greedy Williams, and dominated. Height, weight, speed, agility drills. I mean, DK Metcalf ran a 4-3. He's like 6-3, 1.6 body fat. His Combine was incredible. Now, and he, was he a top-flight player? No, but he was widely viewed as a fringe first-round pick. He helped his stock. So I get a lot of people, can I get this guy? I'm a diehard Niner fan. Can we get DK Metcalf in the second round? No. I'm not saying you should take him in the first round because he's going to be a great player or whatever, but his value is first round now. That's just, and it, it is what it is, <laughs> you know? So, but that's what makes this draft so interesting is the majority of the players that we've been consistently talking about Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, all the defensive players that just dominated on Saturday and Sunday. We're good at the combine. They hit certain thresholds. They ran really, really fast. They jumped really, really high. Usually, there's kind of a disconnect. Sometimes at the combine, you get these workout warriors that weren't great on tape. That's not really the case here. You go, damn, Quinn and Williams just ran a 4-8. Yeah, he dominated at Alabama. So it, it just, their value, and that's, this is what's going to be really hard for a lot of the GMs. In the t- there are going to be a lot of Pro Bowl players on defense from this draft. And I, I talked about it on my other podcast, because we talk a lot about the 49ers, Haberman Middlecoff, you can find it on iTunes. That it's going to be really difficult for, Josh, or for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan if Kyler Murray goes one. 
and they don't trade from two to six to get Odell Beckham, which is a fluid situation. But let's just hypothetically say the Odell Beckham thing does not happen, and John Lynch drafts at number two. He's going to pass on several Pro Bowl players. Like, that's that's just a fact. He's going to be judged, and there's pressure on who is the number one player, because once Kyler's off the board, the number one defensive player on your board. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be the number one player on every board, but he sets the domino effect, whether he thinks Josh Allen's better than Nick Bosa, whether he thinks, shit, Greedy Williams is the next superstar player. I don't know, Devin White, whatever. But he will be judged on that for the next several years because there's a group of seven or eight guys that the league just views as, I don't want to say can't miss because no one's truly a can't miss. But if you're a high character guy, you have good tape, and then you work out really well, those guys just don't fail. Like Josh Allen, he's not going to fail. Now, is he going to be a pro bowler? I don't know. But when you're 6'4", you play super hard, you're 280, you you run a 4'6", your tape's really good. Like, I I don't know if you're going to be an all-pro. I don't know if you're going to be Khalil Mack. But you're not going to be bad. Like, look at Clowney. Once Clowney just stayed on the field, as long as he just plays hard, he's really, really good. Now, is Khalil Mack better? For sure. But Khalil Mack, but Javion Clowney's pretty damn good. If you hit a certain threshold of size and power and speed and you just try hard, you're going to be good. And there are a ton of guys in this draft. Like, Devin Bush ain't going to fail. Devin White ain't going to fail. Now, they're not going to go probably in the top five, but they're going to be good players. There's a chance both those guys are stars. Between Gary, Oliver, Quinn, and Williams, one of those three guys is probably being all pro one day. So, John Lynch is going to pass on these guys. It's really This draft is really difficult because at the end of the day, even if three guys, Bosa, Allen, and Quinn, and Williams, in a draft room, if you're John Lynch, all have the same grade. Let's just use for arbitrary argument's sake, the top grade in their grading system is like a nine. So they're all nines. Or let's, they wouldn't be nines because let's just say they're like eight eights or something, like a high-end player. You still have to stack them. So if all three of them are on the board, who do you take? And if the 49ers do not trade for Odell Beckham and move back to six, we're going to find out who they valued as the best player in this draft. And then the Jets, I mean, they're going to have a tough decision. Well, if Bosa's off the board, who do you think is better? Quinton Williams, Josh Allen, Devin White, Greedy Williams, hell, Devin Bush, all these guys. Who do you think is going to be the next superstar? And then the Raiders. Okay, Bosa and Allen are off the board with Kyler Murray. Who do you like more? Ed Oliver, Quinton Williams, Devin White? Because a couple of the guys you don't take are going to be pro bowlers. Now, as long as your guy, in the Clowney analogy, it's hard to crush the Texans. Because you know what? You go, God, I got Clowney. It's, again, my overpay uh, home analogy. If you do overpay a little bit, if the home was 500000 and then I pay 600000 but in seven years, that home is worth 750000 you don't feel that bad. Now, if you also could have bought another home that you could have paid 600000 for is now... 900000 that hurts. But if that other house that you could have bought for the same price is only $50,000 more than what your home is worth, you don't feel as bad. So the Texans, would they rather have Khalil Mack? Hell yeah. Do they really lose sleep over it because they got Clowney? No. So that, that, that to me is the type of decision that's going to determine this draft is really, really difficult because the best players on tape worked out the best. 
and all these teams need defensive guys. So I, I think with the Kyler Murray startup, and it's pretty damn clear he's going to go number one overall, the next seven or eight picks are fascinating because there's a chance that just by luck, team drafting eight or nine gets the best player because they're all going to be pretty good. But hell, maybe Devin White becomes the next Ray Lewis and he goes nine. And just because like some of my favorite players, like my favorite players in last year's draft were, I lo- Roquan Smith was my favorite player in the draft. But if I was drafting one, I wouldn't have taken him one overall. And I think that rings true for all these you know, GMs. Sometimes your player in your draft is not necessarily the best player in the draft. And you have to know that. You have to identify where you can get them. And you have to find a way to get into that sweet spot. Give or take a pick. If you want that player. Now it can backfire. And you can look like an idiot. But the best GMs are not afraid to make those type moves. To find kind of the sweet spot for a guy. Because you never want to overpay. That's this is an economic exercise. I say it over and over. Like, why do you? I, I get. I got this on Twitter all morning long. Greedy Williams isn't that good. Greedy Williams is that good. How? What lazy analysis you call him a top ten pick? I'm sorry. In the history of America, you start at LSU. You make plays for two years. You six foot two and you run a four three eight. Every GM in the league is going to go. Yeah, he's going to be a top ten pick. Again, that does not mean he's going to be a Pro Bowl player. I think we have to separate the two, and I think that conversation just does not happen enough well I think the entire league thinks that Kyler Murray is going to be on the Arizona Cardinals we'll have a pretty good idea well before the draft because they will have trade Josh Rosen if Josh Rosen is still on the team by the time the draft is here it'll be pretty clear that they're probably going to take Nick Bosa you know or Josh Allen or whoever they like the most but, so we'll know in the next week, and I, I think the entire league expects Josh Rosen to get traded. I expect Josh Rosen to get traded. But, we say this all the time in sports, it, it matters the most in sports, because in a normal company, I'd argue you might be better going to a dysfunctional place when you're young, in the real world, non-athlete, because it kind of teaches you about things that don't work. Now, we could argue that. I, I didn't go to a normal job, like I worked in college recruiting, and then I worked in the NFL, but I would imagine, I'm not saying, would you rather, you know, work at some shitty company than Goldman Sachs or Google or something? No, but I don't think it's the worst experience if you are a smart person to work for a dysfunctional place when you're young to kind of see what it looks like. So then when you're older, you know the mistakes not to make. Well, as a quarterback, when you are drafted, that you definitely want to go to a high level place because they are dependent on you. They are asking you to be a high-level player from the moment you get there. And when you look at the Cardinals, let's just say some things we know factually. Their general manager got suspended last year for DUI and has not really had a good couple years. Now, I've defended him, but recently it's been a disaster. The last coach he hired lasted 11 months, and then he missed training camp because, again, his own team suspended him Because he got a Dewey. I've been to Scottsdale. I'm actually going there this weekend for a bachelor party. If you get a DUI in Scottsdale, you're a moron. Because there are DUI checkpoints everywhere. Like I said, you're either dumb or you're an alcoholic. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Cliff Kingsbury has been a head coach before. Not in the NFL, but in college. And did not have a winning record. Again, that's not emotional. That's a fact. So you combine a GM that hasn't been good lately, 
that's had some crazy things happening outside of his life, then on the actual field and in his job, he hasn't done a good job. It just hasn't been going very well. You combine that with a guy that has zero NFL experience, non-player, any coach at any level, and then is coming from college where he did not win big. I mean, under, just overall, was under 500. If they draft Kyler Murray number one and trade Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen is going to be the guy viewed as the person to save these two guys' careers. Really make Cliff Kingsbury's and, and save Kimes. That's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. Now, maybe he is that good. And I, I like him a lot. And I, I'm biased because I just watch a lot of the NFC West, so I wouldn't mind him being in it at all. But this notion that it's the perfect fit, how... How are the Arizona Cardinals the perfect fit for anyone right now? Their offensive line's god-awful. Their best receiver is a 40-year-old Larry Fitzgerald. He's a little younger than that. Kirk Kidd's pretty good from A&M. But again, worst offensive line in the league. Their running back is has been an elite player in this year, in this league, but missed two years ago with an injury. Last year was eh, kind of meh. Not totally his fault, but you get my drift. Defense, not. I mean, their team was in shambles. So just to think that it's it might be a no-brainer for the Cardinals to trade Rosen, and I got no problem. You see this happen in the NBA all the time. When you can upgrade a guy a year later, you trade a lottery pick. You just get rid of him. Like it's if you think Kyler Murray is dramatically better than Josh Rosen, you should take Kyler Murray and trade Josh Rosen. I got no beef with that. But I I think you see a lot of people just saying it's a seamless fit. It's a perfect fit. Cliff Kingsbury. How do we know Cliff Kingsbury can do anything? He scored some points against Oklahoma State or against Texas, te- just Texas, or Oklahoma or whoever. I mean, we all watched the Big 12. The defense is terrible. Not like he was winning the games. And it's not like, you know what? Well, he could never, because you're Texas Tech, they were never getting the blue chip recruit. Now he'll have guys on defense. You, gotta, you watched the Cardinals defense last year? Terrible. God awful. Well, he's got an experienced guy named Vance Joseph. Yeah, check Vance Joseph's resume. Defense has got worse in Denver, and then his one-year coordinator in Miami, I think they ranked 29th or 30th as a defense. So there are, to me, I got 50 more question marks on just the Cardinals in general and as an overall football operation than I do Kyler Murray. So to think that this is just it it's a no-brainer, now, it might be a no-brainer. Like, Of course, Kyler wants to go one. I just don't know. If you're him, would you rather go somewhere else? Is this really where you want to go? Would you rather go end up in New York and play with Saquon and Odell Beckham? And at least Pat Shermer has a resume of having some success in this league. Hell, would you, would you rather go take your chances with Gruden? Again, that's a pretty big stretch. You could argue Gruden Mayock, just big of a red flag and question mark right now, as, as Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Gruden has won before, but I mean, that we're talking 2002. Last time I checked, I think it's 2019. So I, I think we better be careful. This, this notion that a guy can come in, it, it's hard to overcome madness and just weirdness and people that are over their head. Uh, you, you've seen it with Carr, and you saw it with Khalil Mack and, and with Amari Cooper. They did it for a minute in Oakland, and then they were just overcome by dysfunction. You, Baker kind of did it, you know, for a little bit of the year. We'll see if he can do it for the next couple years. I, I, I don't think it's just a some lock bet that the Browns are just going to become this power. 
And we all think it's fair to say that Baker's really good. Can he overcome? Is Freddie Kitchens a good coach? I don't know. Ne- had never called plays in his life before Hugh and Todd got fired. John Dorsey's been a GM one other place. He got fired because he couldn't figure out the salary cap. So let's just let's pump the brakes a little bit that Kyler Murray Cardinals, perfect fit. Yeah, I, I do believe he warrants going number one overall. Can he overcome Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes' issues? I don't know. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You remember a couple years ago, the the NFL was really just the go-to move for the media, especially the sports media, just rip it. The ratings are down. Roger Goodell's an asshole. 
The NFL doesn't care about CTE. The NFL doesn't care about anyone. The NFL is the devil. It's like, uh, I don't know if that's really the case. The NFL is just a sports league trying to make money. And it turns out a couple years later, everything's kind of quieted. And the NFL is on top, running circles around the other two leagues. Adam Silver's top players in the NBA constantly say things that are just so beyond outrageous about how angry and unhappy they are despite making you know 25 to $35 million a year. Just an NBA salary, not counting the shoe deals. NFL players don't really have shoe deals. I think the only guy that got a big shoe deal was Odell Beckham that kind of is like an uh, NBA player, and his shoe deal was like $5 million a year. To put into context, Kevin Durant's is three hundred. But I think when you looked at the NFL this weekend and the Combine, it was just a great television product for happiness. You see all these coaches, everyone just kind of BSing, everyone having a good time. All the players are just so honored to be there. There were countless videos of multiple guys that ran. Devin White at LSU, I think, ran a 4-4-2. Then he gets on the phone to his mom and dad and cry. And it was just like, you know what, this is just fun. Because at the end of the day, these guys are achieving their dreams. It, 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 it's about to become a business, but it's still football. You know, it's still... It's still a passion. It's how most of these guys got here. And it was just enjoyable to watch. And I think one thing the NFL has done a good job of, and it just kind of naturally happened, and I understand why it happened, because when you become that big and that powerful, people are going to come at you. Welcome to America. You know, the wind blows fast to the top of the mountaintop, and the NFL is the top of the mountaintop. But everything just about them is kind of becoming fun and cool again. Make the NFL great again. We can argue about the football. It's It's a little soft for me. But they had to change because CTE became such a big deal. Concussions became such a big deal. And they did. And this year, the NFL, because they have so many good young quarterbacks, I'm about to get another one in Kyler Murray, and all these players just seem really likable for the most part. All the first-rounders. Texting around the league, like, all these guys are pretty high-character guys. Pretty sharp. Pretty impressive. The NFL is about to get a pretty good crop of guys coming into the league. And really, for the most part, they have the last several years. The league is in a great place. There was a story I think Peter King wrote that very soon, with Stan Kroenke's palace that he's building, the NFL Network is going to be in the building. The The Combine, we're in the last couple years of them being in Indianapolis. They're going to be in L.A., which I like, because going to Indy, for me personally, can be kind of a challenge. But if they're in L.A., it's a 45-minute Southwest flight. I'm excited. I can't wait for it to come into L.A., but when it becomes to L.A., he even wrote that they've been talking about making it a primetime event. That's the interest in the, in the NFL. That the NFL combine, guys running 40s and dr- jumping vertical jumps and lifting and just having press conferences is going to become a primetime event. Think about the power of that. And it, it, to me, it just speaks to the NFL is just in a really, really good place right now. And it's just, maybe it's the the love of football that this country has. I, I also think there's just, there's something the league has and the, the setup of the sport that fits our culture perfectly. The urgency, the every game matters. I mean, what's NBA and Major League Baseball fight? That games in the middle of the season don't mean anything. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. In, in college and in pro football, every game matters. Now, you can lose some games and still get in in pro football, but you can't lose too many games because you will not be a playoff team. And here's the other thing the NFL really has going for it. 
And I remember growing up, college basketball used to be a really big deal. Because all the NBA players played college basketball for multiple years. So you got to know them. Oh, like I've been watching Grant Hill till his junior year. Shaq played at LSU multiple years. AI, multiple years at Georgia. You just watch all these guys. Well, the football, that's never going to change. All these guys go to college. Even if they kind of mail in their third year, you got to you got to go on a ride with a dude at Ohio State or Alabama or USC or wherever. Not really USC anymore. I think first year in like 35 years, they didn't send an underclassman to the combine. We get to know these guys. I've been hearing about, even if you're just a casual football fan, you're like, God, I've been hearing about Rashawn Gary for a couple years in Michigan. I've been hearing Devin White or Greedy Williams for two years. All these teams playing big games. All the Ohio State guys, Bosa. Now, he's a little unique because his brother, but all the Clemson guys. It's just, it's the NFL's, the setup of it, and then when you factor in once season starts with gambling, the, the other leagues just can't hang. And we already just naturally like football more. Now, me personally, I, I'm just a unique sports fan. I watch so much of everything. I actually like maybe the PGA Tour the best. But it, it's just, there's something about the league that the other two are just, they can't replicate. In baseball, because of the draft, they can't. There's nothing you can do because we don't watch college baseball. But basketball, the one powerful thing they used to have is they'd have superstars playing college basketball for multiple years. And when you do that, the draft becomes bigger. Because even Kyler Murray, who's a one-year starter, you don't even it, he's obviously the, the cash cow in this draft. You need quarterbacks. Last year, that's why last year was so big. Johnny Manziel's year, Tim Tebow. You need a polarizing quarterback. But you also just need other guys that we know who they are. You know, the year that Clowney came out, Khalil Mack, that, that whole draft, Odell Beckham, all those guys, we had just heard about for Brandon Cooks at Oregon State. J.J. Watt, I remember the draft I actually attended for the Eagles, but you even, Cam Newton went one, but you could siphon him out, just all the other players you had heard about forever. My God, I've been hearing about Michael Brockers for a while, or J.J. Watt, this guy at Wisconsin. They just become kind of in our vernacular because even if you're a casual college football fan, you're going to stumble into the big games, and the big teams usually have the top guys. I, I think the NFL is in a fantastic place right now. We're always going to complain about replay, uh, about certain things. But I, I, I think this weekend kind of, you know, just put the NFL on a pedestal. Just how happy and fun it was. And my, my guy DJ, I said last week, he means a lot to me personally for him helping me out professionally. He he was he was really good. And just it was just fun. Him and Rich are fun. And the NFL former players they have on the field, just, just a good event. Now, you can make fun of the Underwear Olympics all you want. It, it it was really enjoyable to for me, and I think a lot of people. I, I went out on Saturday night, met this girl, and she was at some birthday party, and a bunch of guys came up to me, and you know, I'm humble brag, like I'm oh, middle cop. We love you on Twitter, but but all they, but in all seriousness, all they want to talk about was God. You see DK Metcalf? God, you think one guy was a Jets fan, another guy was a Lions fan, with a bunch of Bear, Niner, and Raider fans, but they all wanted to ask about. Do you think we can get this guy then? And that, that's just something special the NFL has going for it. The combine meets college football, meets the power of the draft, and it's only going to get bigger because in a couple years, they ain't going to go back to Indy. They're going to L.A., and it's going to be Hollywood. Antonio Brown. I, I, I don't know if we've ever quite seen a human, definitely an athlete, in the prime of their career, 
go as scorched earth as he's going. Now, he's saying just some incredible things. And I find him pretty entertaining. And I don't even think he's lying or wrong about the things he was saying. I'm going to try to load a video right now, see if I can do it. That's an incredible comment. I mean, that's incredible. I, I've watched that video, I don't know, 500 times this weekend. He's not wrong. The Ben is a major red flag. He blames everyone else. He, on that, what he was talking about on that specific play against the Denver Broncos, Antonio Brown was somewhat open. Ben screwed up. And Ben never takes responsibility. But A.B., you've been in the NFL long enough. You're not a 20-year-old player. You're 31 years old. couple things. You, you just don't get credit. Like, he, he, I'm a humble guy from sixth round. Okay. You're now three contracts later, the best receiver in the league. You work hard. We, we get that. But you just go and scorched earth on a quarterback, even if you're not wrong, and we all think he's a little bit of a fraud, though he's earned the right and proven he's one of the Hall of Fame quarterback, you're not going to win that battle. Here's the other thing. If LeBron James and his people, which I think is a little screwed up, that LeBron claims he's this player-friendly guy, LeBron never says a goddamn thing on the show, but Antonio Brown, who says by far probably the best comment they're ever going to get on the shop, just hurts himself. If LeBron really cared about Antonio Brown, like if that's John Middlecoff's show, and I'm just a media guy, I, I wouldn't go, hey, Antonio, I'm going to cut that out. But LeBron, who is a player and doesn't need the money, could be like, you know, let's let's save this until you're traded because this is not going to help your cause. Like they, they made him look bad. And again, Antonio is not lying or is not technically wrong. It is kind of stupid that the teams just want guys to just lie to the media even though we all know what's really going on. Like, Ben screws up a lot, and he refuses to take responsibility. One time when he threw the pick in another game, remember the fake spike pick? I can't remember who they were playing. He blamed Todd Haley. That Todd Haley, that Ben wanted to spike it, that Todd Haley told him not. It was just a blatant lie. But Antonio Brown is still on the Steelers. He... He's trying to get traded. If you're trying to get traded, and he's been in the league long enough, just go silent. Just go radio silent. Then, after you're traded, if you want to go scorched earth, and people go, why does why does Antonio Brown care about ruining his own trade value and what the Steelers get back? Because he's not just ruining his own trade value. He's making it... Kevin Colbert said last week, when he had been on the trade block for like two weeks, that three teams had called. This was a guy that had averaged 11 or 111 catches for the last six years and 11 touchdowns. And I think like I, I did the math a couple weeks ago, like 1,200 yards. He's on one of the great six-year stretches we've ever seen in league history. And he's under contract. And three teams called because of stuff like that. And, and I've defended Drew Rosenhaus, even though he unfollowed me on Twitter like a year ago, that maybe I was crushing one of his clients, that Drew used to be kind of crazy. And it's kind of how he made his mark. But the last 10 years, Drew realizes, I'm making way too much money. I need to be in with the GMs and my players. I can balance it. This is not the way to handle it. The the TO style does not work. It makes your client look like an idiot. 
Now, again, I actually kind of, he's growing on me. I love, because he's not wrong, but he he keeps bringing up this humble six-rounder. Bro, you get helicoptered to training camp. So, you, we get it. You work hard. I mean, this is the NFL. A lot of guys work hard. You're really good. But to just shit on everyone that you've been around for the last five years is not going to help your cause to get out of there. Now, you could argue, that, and someone brought this up, could you trade Ben Roethlisberger and keep Antonio Brown? Maybe, you know, try to get Josh Rosen or something? That's not crazy. But that's not the way the league works. Not with a guy of Ben's stature. And they're, they're in bed with Ben. It's just they're all in. It's too late. So, Antonio, they're going to not choose you. And clearly, you don't want them to choose you. But if you want to help your ability to get out of town, stop talking. I, it's fun for me, and I, I love ripping the video and tweeting it out or putting it on Instagram. But it is not good for you because you are way too good of a player for three teams in the NFL to call. Do you know what Kevin Colbert should have said? 31 teams called. And 31 teams called then again the next day. Three teams? It it shows you Antonio Brown, who people in my position love. He's fun. He's just crushing people. He, He looks like, remember, have you guys ever seen the movie? You can't even answer this, but I'll just throw it out there to myself. Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mid-80s, shows up on that island by himself with all the guns and just takes on the whole island. That's what Antonio Brown is doing right now to everyone who's been involved with him with the Steelers. And I I just don't think it's going to benefit him big picture. Okay, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. Easiest way to get a hold of me, at John Middlecoff, is my Instagram handle. You you slide up in those DMs, then I answer questions. Why do you think OBJ will be on the Niners by the end of March? I, I said this on Twitter. Gut feeling or sources? I think it's a combination of two things. One, I know for a fact the Niners really want him. Two, I know for a fact the Giants' management, Gettleman, Shermer, some combination, are more than open to trading him. Now, the one thing I am not sure about, I don't know anything about this guy, is the owner of the Giants. Most teams, when you trade a player... The owner gives you, that's why they pay you in the NFL, the coaches and GM so much money. But a player of OBJ's stature, just because he's so famous, John Maher would have to sign off on that. They paid him, I think, $20 million bonus last year. Now, I'll say this. I do think it's easier to stomach if you get swap two and six and get a second round pick and next year's, let's say, a second round pick. That's a lot for OBJ, a guy that you may not really want. Will John Mara sign off on that? That would be the run, one reason why I'm not going to say it's 100% happening. My gut says it does happen, though, because they have their new star in Saquon Barkley, and they need a quarterback. So you get up to two, you take Dwayne Haskins. I think you could also do this. You could take Bosa at two, then use one of those two second-round picks to take a quarterback behind Eli. And they said that, you know, I think Gettleman went on record at the Combine saying that he wants to model after the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Eli, mentor guy. Well, didn't they take Kyle Luletta two years ago in the second round? I I, I think the Giants are a dumpster fire. And I also think they just kind of want to reset and and get rid of Odell Beckham. So, yeah, it's a combination of sources, gut feeling, and just kind of the perfect time. And I I just think the Niners are going to be really aggressive in their pursuit of Odell Beckham. Okay, John, huge Patriot fan from the UK. I'm a fan of Daniel Jones Duke. 
And everything I've seen from him seems like he'd be a great fit in New England behind Brady. Any thoughts? Do you think he will fall fall far enough? Do you think Bill would be interested? And if not, where do you envision him landing? Yeah, I can see that. Do they take a quarterback at 32? I don't know if it's crazy just because they have two seconds and three threes. So they go, well, we basically get an extra first round pick because Isaiah Wynn will be coming back from his Achilles injury. We drafted him in the first. If we love a quarterback, Daniel Jones, I'll be honest, I haven't watched that much of Daniel Jones besides the Senior Bowl and maybe the bowl game. I I, I don't really like any of these quarterbacks besides the top two. But if Bill wants to draft him in the first round, he knows what he's doing. The highest quarterback he's ever drafted is Jimmy Garoppolo. Turned out he's pretty good. So, and and just look, he's had a lot of NFL guys beside that over the years. And Hoyer, I guess Mettenberger was a miss. But you know what I'm saying. If Bill's going to draft a guy high, he's going to hit him. Hit on him. So, I I guess it's not crazy they could use that pick 32 on a quarterback. When you just factor in they have so many picks in the next two rounds. And they could pair two threes to get back up in the second. They could do a lot. So yeah, I, I I think there's a decent chance at the end of this draft, or let's just say at the end of Friday. So between pick 32, their two twos and three threes, that the New England Patriots draft a quarterback. Tom Brady, go. He's also 41 years old. Gonna be 42, then 43. I mean, how long can the guy play? The answer right now would probably be forever. Hey, John, listen to you since the summer and can't get enough. I like you, dog. Lifelong Patriot fan. Should we use our first-round pick on a tight end or a pass rusher? (laughs) Well, this guy just asked about Daniel Jones. I would say this. If Gronk retires, and even if he doesn't retire, they're going to take a tight end. And if Fant, if the other guy from Iowa that I know DJ on NFL Network likes more, I can't, Heismanzada, Heismanzada, that's not his name, but it starts with an H. They could take either one of those guys. They'll both probably be gone. I think they could easily justify a Nikhil Harry, you know, a Keem Butler, a guy like that. Take a big body target. For as good as Gronk is, the one thing he always brought to them was a big red zone target and just a down-the-field target for Brady. They can't just completely depend on Edelman and Hogan and all the little white guys that they draft. But they're going to need a big target. So I, I would go... Belichick's not big on taking receivers really high. Though he did trade a first-round pick once upon a time for Brandon Cooks. Could he trade pick 32 for a player? You know, the Steelers and the Giants are not going to trade him Odell Beckham, so I don't really think that's an option. I haven't really read or heard about any of the big-time receivers being on the block. Would Atlanta trade him Julio? Uh, they, they, They definitely need more offensive weapons, which is crazy because... They just won their second Super Bowl in three years. So do they really? I don't know. It's a question. Super niche mailbag question. Are you for or against college hoops walk-on on the winning team coming in late in a blowout and trying to get buckets? Frame of reference. I like where this question's going. I watched a Cal State Fullerton kid drill an and one against your alma mater yesterday and wouldn't have batted an eye had I not seen Cal Poly was the other team, and immediately my brain jumps to where you land on the widespread practice in hoops. Love the pod. You know what's funny is I wouldn't have really known this was going on till I was I went to a Sacramento Kings game with a bunch of buddies on Friday night. Mom lives in Davis. If for those references, it's like 15 minutes away from Sac. Well, I, I live in the Bay Area. That's about 45 minute drive home. 
So I got up really early after a long night of drinking, no big deal, went right to the gym, sweated it out, and I drove home and I was listening to, you know, in early in the morning during the fall, they simulcast college game day. Well, they do the same thing in basketball. So I'm listening to Jay Billis and they were talking about these college walk-ons coming in late in games, slash like team managers. I got no issue with it. You know, it's it's a blowout game. I, I don't get offended you know, maybe if you're in junior high or even high school, there's a way to handle blowouts and non-blowouts. Once you get to Division One basketball, it doesn't happen in football, I guess. Well, I mean, could you be offended by, what's his name, uh, Jake, I, I can't think of it, I want to say Jake Long, but it's not Jake Long. Jake something, oh, God, I can't believe I forget his name, he can't see. In USC, in certain situations, put him in games. Jake Ryan, no, I, I, I'm screwing. I'm butchering his last name, but they, they put he, he's blind. He's on the team, and in blowouts, they'll talk to the other coach if they're in that situation, and he'll come in the this call. I mean, let some kids have some fun. So, my my first reaction is once you get to D one college basketball, football, any pro sport, I, I I have zero. I repeat, zero sympathy for the team getting their ass kicked that gets mad about. Some weird practice, whether it's getting a young quarterback rep and still throwing deep bombs, whether it's shooting three-point shots, you know, in a blowout. I always say this in basketball. If you're up like 40 in with five minutes left, even let's just say it's a college game. What's the kids supposed to do? Just dribble out the 30-second shot clock every – what's the college basketball? 35 seconds? Or 30 seconds now? Same in the NBA, 24. What are you supposed to do? Just throw the ball out of bounds at the end of the shot clock? No, you got to shoot the shot. So who cares? Stop. This is this is the big leagues slash high level college basketball. You got to stop them. Hey John, thanks for reading this. I wanted to know if you ever checked out some rugby. Las Vegas is hosting their international sevens tourney this weekend. I, I did stumble upon the rugby sevens. I had a bunch of buddies at Cal Poly that played in college. Knew some guys that played at Cal that was you know the powerhouse in rugby forever. I I I got no issues with rugby actually. If you just show me a sweet rugby game, I just don't really know the rules that well because I always like rugby more than soccer. Now I've kind of grown to like soccer more than rugby. There is no disputing. To play a high level of rugby, some of these international games when you see Australia play New Zealand or the UK, those guys are badasses. They're not wearing pads. They're hitting each other. I've always said, though, if our best... I said this about soccer, but I know... you could make the argument soccer is such a skilled sport that even if our best athletes played soccer, we still might not win in soccer. I would probably disagree with you, but I understand it. You will never, ever convince me. If our best athletes and our badasses that play in the NFL, some little guys that play in the NBA, in my, the Mike Trouts even in baseball, focus on rugby, we'd be the best rugby country in the world. I don't think it would be close. I'll believe that till the day I die. I may have missed it, but I haven't heard you mention Robert Kraft and the pending allegations against him for solicitation. Considering a high percent of prostitutes are victim of human trafficking, your platform go a long way of shedding light on how disgusting it is. Maybe you're waiting until more info comes out. I said that I've talked about it on all my other platforms. I, I, I think it's pretty simple. That everyone that I've ever talked to about massage parlors call it a rub and tug. Every single person. Every single where you go. People... Uh, when you bring up a massage parlor, I got six or seven in my community. I don't like massage parlors, so I, I just don't go. But we all know what goes on in these things. 
So whether you're whether you're super famous like Robert Kraft, just nobody, people go. Prostitution is the longest running profession in America. Now, I know nothing about human trafficking, but here's what I do know. That Robert Kraft did not go, it's not financing the human trafficking. I, I look at it upon, like, yeah, it's if the women are being held against their will, it is, I don't even know what to say. I can't even begin to, it's just awful. That's beyond disgusting. But there, all those men that went in there had no clue. So, and I've seen this analogy, and I do think it, you know, has some parallels. Forever, people went to jail if you bought a bag of weed. Now it's legal where I live. I think you could use, if you bought cocaine, like you went to party in Vegas. If you buy a bag of cocaine, do you agree with the, with the cartels that they're killing a bunch of people in Mexico? No. Now it's a little different because you don't necessarily see the death. And technically, if you solicit a prostitute, you are, if she's being held against your will, I mean, that's pretty bad. But you don't know. Robert Kraft didn't know. He just went to get a release. It really is that simple, that black and white. So did he break the law? Sure, we could argue. Where did the law even start? It's kind of arbitrary, right? Because there's, I know about four hours away from me in Nevada, it's legal. Now, the woman, the details that I've read is it was not, these women, they're trying to nail them on human trafficking are are not uh, cooperating. Now, you could read other things that they, of course, are not cooperating. They're being held. Why aren't they going after the people that traffic these women? I, I think it is a complete waste of time to get some 77-year-old man, unless he financed the human trafficking, which I think we can all safely assume he had nothing to do with, wasting time going after Robert Kraft. To me, this is very politically driven that, oh, it's really famous, they nailed Robert Kraft. Why don't you nail the people that are setting up all this human trafficking? Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm I just not offended by, by prostitution. It's the longest-running profession in the history of the world. Why? Because of men and women. It's just, it's, that's, Google it. Longest running profession, history of America, prostitution. Because people are willing to pay for sex. I also see everyone on Twitter was just flabbergasted that Robert Kraft went into one of these places. Even though once you get off Twitter and everyone you talk to, everywhere you've ever been, whether you're in San Francisco, whether you're in Philadelphia, whether you're in Texas, everyone jokes about when they drive by a massage parlor, oh, that's what's going on in there. So then everyone's shocked. I, I just think it's very disingenuous. If Robert Kraft had anything to do with the human trafficking, he should immediately go to jail. But again, I think it is beyond safe to assume he had nothing to do with it. He went in for a release, and he got one. Like, am I supposed to think that he deserves jail time? No, I I think it's a complete waste of time. I think the police should spend less time going after Robert Kraft and more time going after the people that set up if those women are being human trafficking, which again, has not been confirmed. Uh, and it sure hasn't broken yet that, that that's what's going on. That's what was said. But as we've seen, you got to be careful with headlines. Jesse Smollett a couple weeks ago had everyone thinking one thing and then another thing happened. So yeah, I mean, is human trafficking? I, I I'm naive. I'm not naive. Is probably the wrong word. I know nothing really about it. Uh, I, beside that, it's a beyond terrible, despicable, disgusting thing that goes on in the world. But to think that I look at Robert Kraft any differently than like most men that walk into these places. And again, I have five or six massage parlors in my own community in Walnut Creek. I'll promise you one thing. Not all the moms in this area are keeping them in business. So it'd be naive to think that that's not how these things 
stay up and running. That's my, my, you know, it's probably not the most PC thing to say, but that's just a fact. Bagels fan here and consistent listener. Steelers are a mess, and I personally believe the Ravens can't be consistently competitive with Lamar. Browns are undoubtedly improved, but still feel like a wild card type team. How far out are the Bengals in the AFC North? Mixon, Green, Dunlap, Jackson, Third, Geno are elite talents. We can't be that far off, can we? I think Andy Dalton will have to play really well again. AJ Green will have to have to stay healthy. They have huge question marks with the head coach. I mean, he he's a quarterback coach. He's super young. Can the guy be a head coach in the NFL? For every Sean McVay, there are a lot of failures. All, of all ages. So, yeah, the roster is not that terrible. And they just, they were actually sneaky humming this year. What were, did they start pretty well? Was it 5-1 and one or 4-1? Four and, four and one? They were just playing, and they just had a ton of injuries. But I, to, to think that Zach Taylor, uh, it went bad for Marvin, but the chances that Zach Taylor is ever has the resume as a head coach of Marvin Lewis, it slim to none. So, yeah, I don't think it's crazy. They're not that far away. But the difference in the NFL of being pretty close and being a disaster is pretty slim. All, all these coaches, it's cliche to say, game of inches, game of bounce ball here and there. The difference of 6-10 and 10 and 9-7 and seven is legitimately four or five plays and one broken leg or a torn ACL. Now, the difference of 4-12 and 11-5 and, and five is a lot bigger. But when you go nine and seven, you just feel like God. We were a play away from ten and six. When you go six and ten, you feel like three or four wins. It feels like you're going to be drafting in the top five. So I, I, I just don't. His press conference was impressive. Uh, watched him since Nebraska when he was a player, but actually doing it as a head coach is hard. We we just do not know, and until he coaches some games, and it's not like Andy Dalton is this quarterback that anyone can coach. He's kind of a niche guy. You know, he's had some moments with the right coordinators and some really good defenses. Zach Taylor couldn't even hire a defensive coordinator. It took him like seven guys turned him down. So I, I I the more I talk about it, the more I don't feel that good. What do you think the Bears will do in the in terms of free agency and the draft? Key positions, trades, free agents, and signings. Well, Callahan, the slot receiver, I think they're going to try to resign. They they resigned or extended before free agency Bobby Massey, right? So they got their offensive line pretty well together. They restructured Kyle Long's contract. I think Jordan Howard will be a guy that they look to trade. And I, I, they could probably get a fourth-round pick for him. They don't have a first-round pick the next two years because of Khalil Mack. Now, they got Khalil Mack, so who cares? Their second-round pick's not that good because it's way down the line. Now, luckily, they got the Raiders second next year because of a pick swap. So even though they don't have the first-round pick next year, they should keep their fingers crossed that the Raiders suck again. So then they're going to have a really high second-round pick. When I think about the Bears, their defense is pretty stacked. Their D-line is incredible. They still got Danny, and Roquan's a second-year player. Their secondary, Fuller's under contract. Prince is under contract. Eddie Jackson's still young. Their defense is pretty set. So let's go to offense. They probably need a more perfect running back in Nagy's system. Like, they need a Kareem Hunt type. So, will they draft a running back that fits Nagy to go with Tariq Cohen when they trade Jordan Howard? To me, that makes some sense. They got some young tight ends. They got Allen Robinson. They could probably draft another wide receiver. If Mitch gets better, they are their, their team is already kind of ready to roll. The Bears on paper are pretty good. 
Question for the pod. Do you see Brit Patriots drafting Tom Brady's future? Already kind of dra- talked about that. If so, what round and what prospect? I-, I say over and over. I don't really like any of these quarterbacks beside Haskins and, and Murray. Now, to be fair, I- I'm not a scout anymore, so I'm not just like diving, diving into the tape. But I got no life. So Saturdays for 15 straight weeks, I watch college football all day. And in my living room, I got multiple TVs. Will Greer to me, you know, kind of a poor, kind of Mason rudolph Daniel Jones is interesting, but, eh. Uh, who are the other? I mean, beside Haskins and Kyler Murray, I Gardner Minshew almost quit football and went to coach for Nick Saban before Mike Leach signed him last year. Jake Browning stinks. I, I just... I don't know, you know. I, I, I maybe Bill. If Bill drafts one, I, in Bill Belichick, I trust. But uh, until he pulls the trigger, I'm going to stay lukewarm on, on this class. For a team like the Denver Broncos, with multiple coaching changes in a short period of time, what is the impact on the scouting department? Do they have to adjust a new profile and align to the coach's style ignored to avoid bias? I think it's really hard because schemes can change, and it's easy to go. Well, we don't like that type of guy. We like this type of guy. We ran a 4-3, but Vic Fangio's going to run a 3-4. That, that type's easy. But what do they really look for? If you work with a coach for five or six years and multiple assistants, you kind of know how they think, what type guys they like. The, the Broncos, they, they change like every other year. How can they have any consistency? Here's the other thing. Elway lost his right-hand guy in Adam Peters to John Lynch. That was a person pretty important. Now, I guess he still has Matt Russell. But, yeah, it's really difficult. You know, we all can. You don't need to be, you know, Ozzie Newsome to go, you know, if we run a Seattle-type defense, the type players we look for, or Vic Fangio-type defense, the players he's going to look for. But what players does he truly like? You ask the guys, the scouting guys, and I got a couple buddies on the staff, non-coaching staff, but on on the scouting staff, about Vic Fangio, they they know what he likes. What specific play... Like, everyone's going to like Khalil Mack. But why he liked Akeem Hicks. Or why he liked Roquan Smith. Or why he loved Eddie Jackson. You just know exactly what he's looking for. And we got no clue what these guys are looking for on offense. So it's... I, the only, I mean, I was with Andy for two and a half years. And then Chip came that last six months. I only lasted till the draft. It was really hard for all those guys. Now, Chip is really extreme. You know, Vic won't be that extreme, but Vic's also never been a head coach. So, yeah, he, you know exactly what he's going to look for on defense, and I think they can figure that out fast. But what does he want on off? I don't even know what his offensive philosophy is. Run? Pass? <laughs> who, who knows? We're about to find out. Thanks for listening. If I didn't get to your question, I'll get to it on Friday. Can't wait. This was a fun podcast. Good time of year for uh, some NFL, college football, combine We'll just keep it rolling, baby. Have a good week. Three and Out Podcast, John Middlecoff. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. 
based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well... Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.